Welcome to the Build My Online Store podcast, where we discuss everything and anything about running an online store. If you like the podcast, sign up for the mailing list to get news and updates at buildmyonlinestore.com. And now, here's your host, Terry Lynn. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Build My Online Store podcast. I'm your host, Terry. And today's episode, we have JP and Kenny from Top Condoms Canada, where we're going to talk about how they sell condoms and sex toys online, actually. Uh, but before we start, we have another iTunes review from David Sullivan. Thank you so much. A five-star review. Tons of actionable knowledge. I heard about this podcast through a tweet from Michael Michelini. Terry asks great questions, and I have learned something valuable in every episode thus far. Keep a notepad handy while you listen to this informative podcast. Well, thanks so much, David. And just to let everyone else know, I've added a voicemail option on the website. If you go click on the right-hand side, you can click that send voicemail button and just click record and send me a little shout-out. And then we'll post it on the show. So this week I found an interesting article through my Twitter feed uh, about a Facebook infographic called From Likes to Buy. It was done by CapinCubon.com where they did a survey on why people like certain pages on Facebook. And it's nothing surprising, but what was interesting is that keeping up with the latest content was the most popular reason cited by 44% of moms, 45% of childless women, and 31% of men. So uh, go ahead, take a look. I'll link in the show notes, and hopefully you find this helpful. Today I'm joined by JP and Kenny from Top Condoms Canada, where we're going to talk about how they sell condoms and sex toys online. What's up, guys? Hey, Terry, how's it going? So what's the story of this business? Uh, yeah, so Kenny and I are actually high school buddies. We were having a couple of beers you know, after graduating from university, and we both got day jobs. But we knew that we were, we were passionate about entrepreneurship. We just didn't know what business to start, and we must have tossed around like two dozen ideas, and we were just like, let's let's just pick one and do it. Otherwise, we're just going to be throwing ideas around and never getting anything done. So, you know, condoms, they're small, light, they're easy to ship. It, it seems pretty manageable. Let's just start with that. Three and a half years later, here we are, owning the online condom base in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> how did you guys end up with condoms? I'm sure you guys had 20, maybe 30 ideas. Like, how did you narrow it down to condoms? Okay, part of it was... Was, uh, because we, I mean, we both have full-time jobs, so we didn't want to take on anything too big. We never sold anything online before, so the only thing that crossed our minds was like condoms are small and light and like easy to ship, so that and easy to store. So an online store, an e-commerce store, would be perfect. So that's about as much like thinking as we did before we got started. So you guys didn't research like competitors or anything? You guys just jumped in? Oh, no, we had no idea about SEO and like, you know, market samurai and research and all that stuff. No, we were just like complete newbies. <laughs> so it's completely the ready, fire, aim approach. Yeah, that's right. So what do you tell your friends when you, what did you tell them when you were starting out? Yeah, online connoisseur. I think everyone just thought it was really cool and like an interesting idea. It's so different, right? Because 
Kenny went to computer science, like in a very engineering school, and I went to engineering. Like, we're probably the least likely people you'd think <laughs> to like start an online condom store. So it was, the people were just really curious. I don't know. I don't know what your experience was, Kenny. I guess most of you are very surprised. Most of the people always seem like nice, quiet Asian boys always sit in in front of the class, and all of a sudden I tell them, "Oh, I start a condom business." They like immediately tag me up with some like uh, sex guru or something. I don't know. <laughs> but it was it was it, it took me a while to actually get used to the role, able to like respond to them properly with what I really believe in. Yeah. Right. And so, how big is the team? So uh, our team is just me and Jinping for the owning the business, and we have a fulfillment team that's based out of the Ottawa. And they're taking the inventories in from the wholesalers and handling the daily fulfillment shipments. That's about two to two, two to three people. All right, well, let's go into that a little later. But uh, can you tell us about your main product lines? Um, we did a bit of research of like you know other online condom stores what sold well, and so we started with basically I think around like twenty different products that were like on the top 10 best-selling lists of other online condom stores. So actually, our main product lines, obviously we have the popular ones like Trojan, Durex, Lifestyles, but we also have the like more premium or more specialty brands like Crown, Beyond 7, or uh, Kimono. And those are actually the ones that are really popular because a lot of people can't find them at the local pharmacy. Yeah, so that's what we started with. Uh, recently, within the last six months, we started expanding into, you know, lubricant and also uh, a couple of toys and things like that just to see how things go. But yeah, it's been, it's been pretty good so far. People are buying them, so that's good. <laughs> Who's a typical customer that buys online? I, I think every year we do like a overall company report and we do some analysis. You know, age-wise, it's actually pretty broad. Obviously, like the 20 to 35 crowd is a higher concentration. But like even people over 50 will buy condoms online. What we found that's interesting is it's more highly indexed towards like ethnic minorities, especially certain ethnic mi minorities like Asians or like Indians or, you know, like Middle Easterns uh, people. Because I think in those cultures, and I'm Asian myself, in those cultures, people are less comfortable like being public about sex, right? So like uh, buying condoms at the corner store, they may not be as comfortable with that. So getting it online, um, you know, for the same price with free shipping is a very attractive offer. I see. And so what, what are some of the key reasons they would buy online instead of offline besides the privacy? Another one is we have the specialty products that you don't normally find at the corner store nearest you. Like you'd have to go to the like a sex shop or a specialty shop. And, you know, some people live in the middle of nowhere, Canada, and they don't have those shops. Um, so it's sort of like an access to a better selection of products. And finally, I think probably the very important point is that the online shopping experience is more informed shopping experience. So I don't know if you ever like walk into the condom aisle and like spend 20 minutes reading every box for every condom. Like, first of all, people would think you're weird. <laughs> but second of all, like even if you did that, you wouldn't learn anything about the product because all of it is just like packaging and marketing jargon, right? It's like, oh, super extra ultra sensitive you won't feel it it's there like all that crap our online store we have like detailed measurements of like how thick it is in millimeters a diagram of what the shape is like where the ribs are and stuff like that and we have like detailed customer reviews so people can under understand like what are the pros and cons some people will say like this thing kind of smells funny you know that might be putting to some people 
other people were like, ah, that's not really a big issue. So like, it's a more informed shopping experience. So customers get uh, what they want at the end of the day. There's a review I saw that said, oh, um, these guys send it really discreetly, right? In terms of the shipping and packaging. Uh, can you talk about that? Every one of our product gets shipped with a different name. We register our company with KJ Express, and we purposely separate those two names, like Top Content Canada and KJ Express, differently. So you cannot relate them by Googling us. So just to ensure like customers' privacy. So every package delivered is using the name KJ Express, and it's all in, shipped in the bubble envelopes. If there's no the very little chance that they can guess what's in their package. So so I'll actually be surprised when I get something from you guys. I buy it online, it'll just show up as like a regular like package? Yes. <laughs> that's awesome. And, and do your competitors do that too, or is it just you guys? We're the first store that started with uh, free shippings and with discrete, no tracking shippings. But uh, after a year or two, there's like five stores start copying the same shipping strategies. But I think we're still doing pretty well, even though the competitors coming in. So how does free shipping work into your business model? I mean, because condoms aren't really like high-priced goods. Do you guys use volume to make it work? Our strategy was to use the padded envelopes to actually buy bulk condoms and separate them into uh, smaller packages in, in the way that we can actually ship it with the letter mail with Canada Post. Then that will greatly reduce our shipping costs. So that allows us to perform the free shippings over the net. So when you guys got your first batch of condoms, did you guys just leave it in your own houses? Or like, did people go into your living rooms and see like boxes and boxes of condoms? Like well, the first shipment was actually delivered to my, uh, my apartment. We were scared. We were, like, we saw tons and tons filled up my bathroom and we were like, okay, we gotta make this thing work. Otherwise, like, the condom expires usually in three, four years and we do our calculations. It's about like, I have to use it ourselves. It's not manageable. It's probably 10 to, 10 to 12 times each of us a day, which is ridiculous. How did you guys get traffic at first? So basically like organic, paid, and then like social, right? Were like three things that were on the top of our minds. It turned out that organic was the best one. And we learned this later on, like we were just sort of fumbling around, right? Um, for, for us, because our order size aren't that big like you know people usually buy like a pack or two of condoms like 15 20 bucks we can't really afford to spend a whole lot of money uh to acquire each customer and the other thing we learned is like people don't like talking about condoms <laughs> on social media like we have like 10 i don't know like 20 likes on facebook and like three twitter followers or something ridiculous. like nobody wants to talk about that stuff but people were searching for it so we pretty much just like buckled down and like optimized on page and then did a little bit of like off page optimization. And because, you know, you don't have to be the best, you just have to be better than the rest. No one else in Canada was really doing a good job with online, an online store that sells condom. So we, we actually managed to get to the first page of Google fairly quickly. We still do AdWords just because additional revenue at the end of the day but adwords yeah does not bring that much traffic for us adwords is actually quite expensive for us like we pretty much break even on an adword conversion the real hope of making money is that whoever bought from us will come back and buy from us again in the future and that's when we can we're gonna make money from them so what are some marketing campaigns you guys have done that have really worked well to be honest like 
it's like mostly all organic traffic. We've tried a couple of things, like we tried banner advertisements in Google. We brought in a lot of traffic, but none of it converted. So we just ended up wasting like a couple hundred bucks. Like social media didn't really take off like we we were hoping it would. <laughs> the, oh yeah, actually one thing that has been pretty good for us is we started building a mailing list. Wish we had started to do that earlier. It's good because whenever we run sort of promotions and specials, we have a list that we can send that out to. It doesn't contribute to a huge amount of sales, but I think just having that list and staying top of mind for your existing customers is a good way to like you know increase your returning revenue from those customers. And do you find a lot of your customers are repurchasing or are they just kind of trying out different types of condoms? There's a lot of people who buy, like come back and buy the same thing. Um, and sometimes they'll like buy the same thing and then try something else. Another thing you wouldn't find in the store is mixed packages of different different styles mixed together like one's like a Japanese mixed pack so you can like try all the different Japanese brands and see what you think. Can you go over the American versus Japanese condoms? Basically I think the Japanese ones are thinner. They're I think also usually like lower in terms of latex scent. They're just really popular because people like those are two good good things to have on a condom. Actually it's kind of funny. We were originally looking into digging deep into the Japanese products. They actually manufacture some like ultra, ultra thin stuff that turns out to be illegal to sell in North America. <laughs> so like they're really pushing the edge of condom manufacturing technology. Do you guys take returns or how does that work out? Yeah, if, like they write back and complain like it was too large, too small or something. We'll probably like ship them uh, another suggestion that we think they'll be happy with. Or if they're like really unhappy with the purchasing experience or whatever, like once in a thousand shipments, like something gets lost or it never gets there and they waited like three and a half weeks, four weeks, and they're just really fed up, then we just give them a refund. <laughs> so they'd wait three and four weeks, like, where are my condoms? Where are my condoms? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you'd be surprised. Some people like multiple times I've like heard like, Oh, like I'm moving, I really need to like get these or like I'm leaving on vacation, I'm expecting to get laid, like I really need to get these before the weekend. But like I I'd say ninety percent, um, nothing happened. You know, we don't hear from them, they just buy, they're happy with the product. In fact, we recently started the little customer survey thing with, with a Google form. You know, we found like ninety five percent or ninety percent of customers are very happy with the service. The most common reason for them to e email us or contact us is probably because like things are taking a little longer or they're like really eager and they're want, uh, wondering where their package is. Um, other than that, then you have like just like odd requests once in a while. <laughs> All right, so you guys recently started adding some lube and toys. How did you guys branch into that market? The reason that we move into a, this lube and the toys is to find that we have now already established a steady customer flow and customer trust us. So we are trying to actually increase the, each customer sales, customer values. We, we actually do a lot of research into the uh, different type of lube and toys and start testing them out on our sites to hoping to boost up our average sales. Yeah, because I think the idea is that, you know, to acquire a customer is the most expensive part of a business, right? Like you have to get in front of them. You have to let them know about the fact that you exist and uh, make them feel comfortable to purchase from your store. But once you do have that relationship, you know, you try to find other ways you can provide them with what they are looking for. So really, we just try to find some like adjacent products that 
people who have sex would need or might be interested in. So it's a natural way to grow our sales per customer. So how did you guys end up with BigCommerce? Uh, what was your experience like shopping around with different platforms? Yeah, I think we just sort of looked around for the most popular ones. We figured, you know, the most popular ones would probably be the best. So there was like the two that were on our radar were BigCommerce and Shopify. And basically, we were just cheap. Like Shopify was more expensive. <laughs> like they had a um, like a two percent of your sales thing, and like we we're just like, ah, oh, screw that. Like, <laughs> why would we pay you two percent? Uh, so that's actually that's funny because like recently, um, because Shopify gets so much press, and they do an amazing job of like advertising. So I actually went out and tried the product recently for this new online store that I created, Pro Teeth Guard. Um, which is like a thing that sells mouth guards for people who grind their teeth. Anyway, so I built a whole store on Shopify, and then I was just like, no, it's not. It's not better. It's not worth it. They just they're really good at marketing, but it's more expensive, fewer features. It makes a, things a little bit easier to do. Like they are a little bit more user friendly. But Kenny and I are both pretty tech savvy guys. So yeah, we just went with Big Commerce. Big Commerce is as we use it, like we we really like it. It's it's very well structured, like it's well thought out the way that it's put together, and like even like product options, which is sort of very weak in Shopify. Um, options in Big Commerce can get it's very scalable, just the way that they've structured things. Um, so I guess we lucked out in this in a sense because we just. Read a couple of reviews and then picked BigCommerce, but we're pretty happy with the choice. For someone who's not in the business, it seems really hard to pick because each platform says, "Hey, we have this, we have this." But yeah, and then when you look online, right, all you get is like all these guys writing reviews to like drive affiliate traffic to these shopping e-commerce stores so they can make money. So like you can't trust them. Yeah. So what what advice do you have for anyone that's looking for a platform? I would actually recommend because a lot of these platforms have like a 30-day free trial or something like that, or 15. Day free trial, like go sign up, play around with the platform, try to see if you can create the store that you want. Not a whole lot of time investment. At the end of the day, I think it's it's worth it because if you're gonna be an e-commerce person, you really need to know this space, right? Have you guys tried Facebook ads? We didn't put a whole lot of money and effort into it, but we tried it initially. A, the click through was terrible, and I don't think we saw actually any conversions. But that was a while ago.、Uh, we we should probably like look into it again. But yeah, it didn't、uh, it didn't really do that much for us. I know it's quite cheap, but the conversion everyone says is terrible. So、uh, it's kind of I hear both sides. Yeah, I think it depends on what you sell. The problem with us is our target customer is very broad, right? It's like most most of our customers are male, like eighty percent are male. They're like twenty to thirty-five who have sex. Like that's just a huge, really broad customer segment, and it's hard to target because everyone wants to get in front of these people. Facebook ads may work really well. Where they may work is if you have you know a specific product that you're really, really you know niche down and targeting people with a particular problem that they're actively looking to solve. That might convert people who like. Glow in the dark condoms, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, and, and so what are some big challenges you guys are trying to solve now in the business? Previously, there was a Canada Post shutdown, so it lasted about like almost two months, and it was pretty sudden. Our only channel of delivery was based on the Canada Post, and basically your your business is done if there's no no one shipping for you. Luckily, we have a quick contingency plan set up. Within like couple days, we were able to set up a different shipping channel with FedEx to keep our business running. 
and we have put on the ads to inform our customer that the store is properly ran. Our sales did went down a little bit, but it was not dramatic. We're lucky that we have a great contingency plan built up. And another challenge I believe was with uh, sourcings. Yeah. I don't know. Condom salespeople are just not the most responsible people in the world. Like, you know, you pay for stuff and like three three weeks later, you're like, hey, where's the stuff? And they're like, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, I guess we forgot to ship it out. So it's kind of funny because we're in this industry and it just seems like our competition is not super on the ball. I guess if you're a super ambitious person, you don't get into selling condoms for a living. <laughs> The other challenge I wanted to talk about is, as you know, both of us got into this business with zero experience and really more than anything, it was sort of a sandbox for us to test and learn. More than anything, it's been an amazing learning experience, but we've sort of run into some hard ceilings in this business. First of all, the online Canadian condom market is just not that big as a whole. So even though like we're a couple of the spots on the first page on Google, the amount of traffic we get is still limited by how much demand there is. Um, and the other thing is the type of product we sell, it's not a huge margin. And because our customer segment is really broad, it's hard to like target them effectively and spend more money to gain more customers. I think that's just a fundamental mechanics of this business that we didn't realize when we got into it. So those are the challenges, like the real hard challenges for us to solve. But I think what the business did do for us is it gave us an amazing opportunity to like learn. And it would have been a mistake not to start it, even given hard ceilings, if you will, for the business. I'm very glad that we actually put in the effort to start it and grow it. Like I would encourage anyone who's thinking about starting an online store, like you can spend three months just picking out the right niche, but really just, just hustle. Like you're gonna learn so much al along the way that you're just never gonna know until you actually get your feet in the water. What advice do you have for anyone that's looking for partners? I think it's very hard. We, we're really lucky. Like, it's kind of like finding, you know, finding a wife, right? <laughs> uh, so to find the right business partner, we were just really lucky that we happened to know each other for so long. Absolute trust. Trust is the most important thing. And heard of stories of business partners getting screwed. Like later on, they, someone else did something that totally cut them out of the business. But like that was never an issue for Kenny and I. Like I know his social security number. Like I know pretty much all his passwords. I could probably like. You <laughs> <laughs> can sell me. You hear a lot of stories where people pair with friends and it either works really well or really bad. Right? What are your thoughts on that? So I think before you partner up with somebody else. You should really knowing them for for some times, or you've got to be very good observing small details out of this person. I think I find one thing it's other than trust. I need to add on is it's the tolerance levels. So you how tolerant you are to to others to each other's. Starting a business is gonna be a lot of challenges and a lot of ideas and conflicts. It's gonna be different. But you gotta be able to accept other people's views and tolerate and work, be flexible, and just make sure that you guys have uh, always share the same vision, same dreams. I think that's the, the one most important thing of this partnership is we all believe in the same dreams, same bigger visions. So that would that helps us to uh, walk in the same directions. All right. So, what are some funny customer service stories you guys have encountered? This one time that a woman mailed us, and then she was like. Oh, do you guys carry like extra large condoms? And then I emailed back. It was like, oh yeah, so these are like our largest condoms that we carry. And then she emailed back and she was like, oh no, we tried all of those. Didn't work. Do you have anything that's bigger? <laughs> and I was like, 
sorry. That, that, those are the largest ones we have. It's a good problem you're having. I don't know, good luck. Maybe try like a Ziploc bag. Like, I don't know. So yeah, there, there's, there's some interesting stories. All right, so if we want to check out your website, where can we find you guys? Find us on the uh, www topcondomscanada.com but if you're from the Canadian buyers I would suggest you just say buy condom online you'll find us on the first page first link to get more information about running an online store visit our website at buildmyonlinestore.com there you'll find articles case studies and tools to help you run a successful online store Thank you for listening to this episode of the Build My Online Store podcast.